0: Hello, it's Caroline, and I'm here to tell you that the episode you're about to listen to was recorded a long time ago, back when I used Patreon, back when I ran lots of different workshops and programs that I do not run anymore, and back before the Fuck It Diet book. So if I refer to any of these obsolete offerings while you're listening, just know that even though my Patreon and other programs don't exist anymore, You can find helpful resources by going to thefuckadiet.com slash more. You can also read the beginning of the Fuck a Diet book for free from my site. Lastly, this podcast is extremely messy, and it was actually intentionally messy and unstructured because that was the only way I could inspire myself to start and continue this podcast. I needed the lowest stakes possible. And though this podcast remains very low budget and has remained messy throughout the years until now, if you want slightly more structured and streamlined episodes, listen to the more recent episodes. All right, enjoy. Oh, hello guys. My name is Caroline Dooner and I am the host of this podcast The Fuck a Diet Radio. And I am also the creator and writer behind thefuckadiet.com and of the new book that will be coming out in March pre-orders available doesn't make any sense pre-orders what's the word pre-orders can happen now <laughs> pre-orders pre-order what do people say pre-order now you can pre-order now that's what people say okay so anyway my book is coming out March 26th I'm so excited. It is a very, very complicated, no, not complicated, very comprehensive look at why diets don't work and what to do instead, how to go on the fuck a diet and take yourself through the physical, emotional, and mental pieces of the journey. Your pre-orders genuinely help the book, the life of the book, the reach of the book, Um, it helps other people to see it if it sells well more people will find out about it and if it matters to you that um, other people understand what the hell you're doing trying to get away from diets pre-ordering the book could really potentially help that to happen Um, either way pre-orders are very very helpful um, to me to the book and I am very thankful if you guys pre-order the books. You can pre-order at Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Um, there will be an audiobook version, and I am most likely going to be read it reading it if I win the battle. But <laughs> I do know that doing the audiobook is going to be harder than this because I've already messed up speaking, stumbling words, like, you know, seven times in this short two-minute podcast. So, um... I am going to be reading the audiobook, and it's going to maybe be the death of me. Um, but I don't think you can order the audiobook yet. Either way, pre-orders of the actual book. Um, you can even go to your local bookstore, and you can ask them to order the book for you. Um, if you dare say that you want to order The Fuck-A-Diet. Um, you can also just give my name, Caroline Duner and they can order it. Anyway, pre-orders are available now. No, that's not how you say it. Pre-orders... Do you know what I mean? Like, the book is available for pre-order now. Okay, that's what you say. The book is available for pre-order now. Pre-order now. Anyway, I'm really sorry to everyone who maybe doesn't want to get the book at all or who has already pre-ordered it, um, and will have to deal with hearing me talk about this um through March and beyond but I I have to <laughs> it is my life now this is my life it's not really the life that I chose but it's the life that has that has happened anyway moving on we're going to do what we usually do i'm going to read the new post and then i'm going to answer listener questions so let's get to it the new post is why do people swear by keto now You know what I mean? Like, I swear by this diet. Um, I actually was planning on writing a different post that really went into the psychology of why people think that their diet works, even if um, it's ruining their life in some way um, or going to ruin their life. Uh, But then I sort of wrote a slightly different post. So this title isn't the perfect title, but mm, I kept it anyway. Or maybe by the time you're listening to this, I changed it. I just can't say, I just don't really have control over what future me does. So let's just read the actual post. Some of the angriest comments I get on Instagram are from people who swear that the keto diet is helping them and that I am so incredibly ignorant and or deceitful for saying that the body prefers carbs. However, for every comment where someone is swearing by keto, there are 20 more comments with people saying that they too tried keto with hope bursting in their hearts, only to find that after a few months, it had fucked up their metabolism, hormones, energy levels, sanity, and has been really hard to recover from mentally and physically. I've spent a long time trying to decide how to be diplomatic when I answer these people, and to not claim to know what's best for everyone's body, because everyone is different. Some people are allergic to fucking tomatoes. We are all different. I'm also surely not a doctor or nutritionist or dietitian, and any thought that I've ever had of trying to become one of those things has been met by major resistance from me, so I'm happy not to be. And so I have no authority or desire to weigh in on diets that people claim are medically necessary and helpful to them. The fuck a diet, honestly, in the big picture, is concerned with the mental and spiritual ramifications of chronic dieting. It just so happens that there are very physical consequences to dieting too, and so I've researched them and shared them and continue to because it matters. But my, you know, authority on this or my, My lens is kind of how it messes with your life on a bigger scale, not just physically. Anyway, back to my attempts to be diplomatic, to respond to people who are commenting, saying that keto is their favorite thing ever. I have found myself saying things like, I'm so glad that you feel good on keto, but this is an account for people trying to heal from chronic dieting or disordered eating, and your comments about keto don't belong here. And many, many people who are commenting right alongside you have had opposite experiences on keto. I have also compared keto in the past to wheelchairs or mobility devices, meaning, Just because a select number of people are benefited from this thing that helps you, and for keto, this is pretty much children with seizures, maybe, depending, um, that doesn't mean that it cures any underlying condition, and it also doesn't mean that people who don't need keto, a very, very restrictive, specific diet that may be medically helpful for children with seizures, or wheelchairs or mobility devices, it doesn't mean that people who don't need those things should be using them. In fact, if they do use them, it will probably make things worse in the long run. I also asked Anna Sweeney, who is a dietitian on Instagram, at dietitiananna, and she's an amazing account to follow. She is a dietitian, she is non-diet, she is health at every size, and she also has a disability, so she has a really amazing perspective that is unique and she has amazing content. Anyway, I reached out to her and I asked her if that analogy, that metaphor or simile or whatever it is, I don't know anything about English class anymore, um, if it was a good comparison, if it was cool, if it was okay that I sort of shared it that way and she gave me the green light. That doesn't mean that everybody who's in a, there was somebody, I'm definitely going off script right now, but there was also somebody who commented When I posted that on Instagram, it's just like a whole war zone to say anything that's slightly controversial, but um, like non-dieting. But when I shared this analogy, someone was like, wheelchairs are not like diets. And I was like, no, I'm not saying that they're like diets. I'm saying they're like a very specific thing that might help a very small amount of people. It was just, they're like, don't compare wheelchairs to diets because a diet is a choice and a wheelchair is not. And I was like, I'm not, I'm anti-diet. That's not what I'm doing. I am comparing, (sighs) anyway, okay. Let's get back to this thing. The most honest thing that I can say about the keto diet is, what the fuck do you think I'm gonna say? Keto is a very, very restrictive diet and therefore it has no place in or on or around the fuck diet. It is no place in the lives of people recovering from disordered eating or eating disorders. And if you are someone who is on the keto diet and you feel great, then you don't need the fuck it diet either. Why are we even fighting? If your diet is truly supporting your mental and physical health, that's great round of applause. Most people don't have that experience and I would love for you to check in with me in two or three years and tell me how you're doing too, because, It might change. Also, it might be that a very small piece of the population is able to greatly improve some, I don't know, some chronic conditions through not eating carbs, but the um, long-term evidence is not there. And more frankly, I don't care how you eat. Eat a no-carb diet to your heart's content. I have no desire to evangelize you. If it's working for you, I'm not gonna try and tell you it's not working. But if you want to know what i think the short-term benefits of the keto diet and of any diet for that matter are just that they're short term the long-term effects can be physically and mentally devastating and have yet to be truly studied there are very 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 few long-term diet studies um and the ones that have been done have shown that diets do not work long term and actually backfire big time in so many ways. Um, so do you need to do keto if you wanna recover from chronic dieting? No, hell no. But could keto cure your chronic health problems? Probably not. It was shown to help children with epilepsy in the 1920s, but it still comes with side effects, kidney strain, hypoglycemia, dehydration, GI issues, etc. I link to another awesome uh, blog post about this very subject that also links to studies Um, in my actual post. Are those side effects worth it for the kids with epilepsy? Yes, potentially, sure. Is it the cure-all that people claim it is? I don't think so. Will keto help you lose weight? Temporarily? Yes, like all diets. But now that we are, now, oh, now we're getting into our usual fuck-a-diet rigmarole. Diets backfire long-term, it's how we're wired, and diets and weight loss can actually negatively impact health especially the yo-yo up and down, against all of our cultural common knowledge. We are all confused about weight loss and health. We're assuming that weight loss is always good for us, and often it's not. You can also lose weight in a way that makes your health worse, and that happens very often. But more importantly, the psychology of extreme dieting, even for health, is almost identical to eating disorders. So if your lifestyle is negatively impacting your mental health, it's not a good idea. It's not sustainable. What is health if it doesn't take into account mental health and stress levels? The psychology of extreme dieting is all-consuming. To do it, you have to buy in. You have to believe that what you're doing could really, really help you. You have to believe that maybe it already really is helping you, even if you haven't experienced the benefits yet. I have personally done this over and over and over again. I have gone from extreme diet to extreme diet. Keto, paleo, raw vegan, etc. I've I've done all of them. And I always had to buy in. I had to believe. And I understand, I empathize, I really do with people who are looking for that cure all. If you are listening to this and also happen to be doing keto, but I wrote this post essentially to the people writing comments on my Instagram who aren't gonna be reading this, So, but I'm just sort of trying to conceptually talk to that way of looking at things. If you feel that keto is truly helping you, that is great. But no, it doesn't belong on or near the fucket diet. And yes, the body does prefer carbs to keep you alive. It is significantly easier on the body it creates less stress hormones and keeps cells more stable. And you, uh, I, well, I went off script again. You need stress hormones to run on little or no carbs, and stress is not what we want. I have lots of other posts on sugar, um, and you can search my site for them if you want me if you want to read more about that. Also, I have lots of stuff on sugar in my book. Like, I basically I like to say that I have data amnesia. I read all of this research and I like metabolize it and then share it in a really um, kind of dumbed down way. And then people are like, "Where are your resources?" And I'm like, "Oh God, my brain just doesn't work that way." Um, but of course for the book it had to work that way I had to make sure that everything that I was saying was backed up and so I did research on the research and it's all in the book um but it's also in some old blog posts of mine on sugar and that's uh that's basically it so I'm going to go over to patreon now which is where people ask questions. Patreon.com slash Caroline And you can do this for as little as $1 a month until I change my mind about this whole thing and streamline everything, but I haven't done that yet. So for now, here we are. Okay, the first question was asked, um, and I'm going to kind of summarize the beginning part because it's very long. Um, and also English is the second language and there are some numbers that they give in there and I just kind of want to streamline it and make it less triggering for people and just a little bit clearer. So essentially the question is about um, some activities that they feel are still disordered. They're in college, they gained weight in the beginning of college and then essentially became disordered in their eating, but then essentially started seeing a psychologist and implementing yoga and meditation and following the effort diet. And they say, this summer I experienced the the effort diet quite successfully. And now I'm kinder with my eating behaviors and my body. But the question is, um, I have two main interests that are heavily linked with my former disorder that I would like to keep without the disordered part, I guess. And they say, I like exercising, as in I love swimming and outdoor running and hiking and water-based activities. The only problem is that I still feel bad sometimes about not doing any kind of physical activity. Even yoga has become a non-negotiable minimum. So if I can't do something that I like, I might force myself to a gym session. Um, I guess my demand, um, my question, I think they mean, is do you have any advice? Um, And then the other, activity that they mention is that they have um, great environmental environmental principles and sensitivity. Again, this is English as a second language. That led me at the beginning of the year to become a vegetarian. And now I've moved in with a vegan roommate and have decided to give it a try. I'm very afraid that my disordered mind is playing the restriction game and I'm not sure how to tackle that without quote unquote hurting my values. Thank you for your insight. Um, many people... Are able to convince themselves that their vegetarianism is solely for principles um, but it is a very risky game and essentially we all do this right we are able to convince ourselves that what we're doing is responsible no what I'm doing is responsible um, but if it, if either of those things exercising or eating a certain way that is quote unquote responsible um, is affecting your mental health or feeling like a compulsion or taking over your mind. It is not worth it. It is not responsible. Um, Exercise is awesome for you. If you are rested, if you don't feel like you have to do it, if you have eaten enough, if you have the energy to do it, you say that you love these, activities but as long as there's this compulsion and this guilt around it you're not actually getting to love the activity it's all being kind of clouded by the disorder and so basically I'm just confirming that both of these things are still disordered Um, the thing with vegetarianism being better for the planet I actually don't know that I fully believe that I think that that's we can my phone we can twist um, anything to kind of fit what we want. Um, I definitely think that factory farming is a huge problem. Um, but of course, for disordered eaters, I think that they need to prioritize uh, mental health. And can you can focus on sustainable values um, in a less extreme way. And you can also take yourself through the fuck-a-diet and then sort of apply those later on in a way that doesn't feel so restrictive or compulsive Um, But I genuinely believe that prioritizing the healing prioritizing um, Self-care and mental health and feeding yourself and resting and eating what makes sense to you um, Is more important than any of these other things that we convince ourselves is extremely um, responsible I you know, I know that if I say, oh, it doesn't matter about being vegetarian, that there will be, there will always be people who are going to tell me that I'm being irresponsible. But I care a lot about the environment and sustainability, and um, I definitely use my dollar there when I can. And I, you know, I believe in sustainable, humane uh, meat and all of this stuff. And when I can, I do. Um, but I think this, the you know simplistic nature of saying being a vegetarian is best for the planet there's just so much more that goes into it and if we're talking about eating disorders then it's a whole different ball game so uh that's what I believe and I know I don't know that that's going to be helpful to hear except that yes those things are still disordered and I recommend that you prioritize your self-care and mental health and recovery over those things and as far as exercise goes, allow yourself to rest and truly come back to a place where you genuinely crave doing those activities as opposed to feeling like you have to do them. It's easier said than done, but that's my that's the podcast sized answer to your question. So the next question is, um, they say, it's Emma, and she says, hey, Caroline, I hope all is well how are you and your pup molly doing well i'll answer today she is very wet because it's raining and i took her to doggy daycare for six hours this morning and now she um might be dead lying on my floor she's so tired she's not she but her face is sort of like her nose is like it like in the corner of the bed and i'm not sure if she's breathing molly are you breathing Oh, she's breathing i see i see her moving okay her body's moving her lungs are, are working okay today i actually have a question about dogs my boyfriend and i adopted a puppy of our own about a month ago you guys can see a picture of the puppy if you go into patreon um i am so taken by this beautiful white ball of energy life curiosity and love What do you feed your dog, Molly, Caroline? How often do you feed her? Do you feed her snacks? If so, what kind of snacks? Do you limit her food in any way or what she can and can't eat? My dog, Orso, is so interested in food all the time. I'm so curious to know about your approach with your own dog and what her relationship with food is like I have a million doubt, doubts and thoughts when it comes to feeding Orso given what I know about the fuck diet for humans so curious to hear some of your insight much love to you and Molly I have dreams that Molly and Orso can frolic together one day oh I hope I would love that um, the picture is super super cute he is shaggy like Molly too um, and then Allie Paris responds, this is so interesting because I realized a while back that a lot of my own disordered beliefs about food also played out in the way I fed my dogs. Definitely an orthorexic mindset on what I would and would not feed them. Thankfully, it was never harmful to them in any way, just added stress and anxiety for me and my quote-unquote responsibility to them as their caregiver. I genuinely believed for a long time that if something went wrong, I was entirely responsible for their health outcomes. Interestingly, I worked in canine genetics for a few years and absolutely knew that this wasn't the case, that the diet was not the sole determinant of health. Thanks for talking on this. Okay, so my little dog. This is such an interesting question, and I also definitely, absolutely um, have thought about this, and I definitely do feed her in a fuck-a-diet kind of way. Um, So my little dog came to me um, like not... She cares about... Uh, treats. In fact, she cares about her food if I pretend it's a treat, but when I put food in her bowl, she literally couldn't care less. She only eats if she's starving. So I've done research on this, and you can train dogs to graze instead of being fed um, at specific meal times. And the kind of funny thing is you sort of have to put them on the fuck it diet in a way. There, There's an article that I read about how to switch over um dogs who are on regular feeding schedules where they ha- where they like have a you know certain amount of time to eat it and then it gets taken away and to, to switch them over to be grazers because you have to teach them that they don't have to eat everything in the bowl because there's always going to be food there so there's an adjustment period and when i read that and i read that you know my my puppy is almost 7 months and oh she's so cute over there. I should take a picture and then I'll post it with this. So cute. Sorry guys, I'm so annoying. Um I'll post it on the post. Oh, it's fuzzy. Damn it. Don't be a fuzzy picture. Be clear. Be clear. Be clear. Okay. Um, sorry. This is, I'm so annoying. I'll post this. Not that anyone cares. But So I started the grazing thing not long, not, not long into having my puppy. But the thing is, is that she already like wouldn't eat. She didn't care. Um, And so it was almost easier to have her graze or else she would never be able to eat. And also it felt like the fuck it diet to me. And it made sense that if an animal believes that they don't have control over when they get to eat or they they feel like they're gonna get really hungry, that they're going to do what humans do. Now, please take this with a grain of salt because there may be some dogs that are like genetically wired to be more obsessed with food. I don't really know. I can't, I, I feel uncomfortable making a blanket statement about dogs, though I'm just going to give you my experience and my perspective. Um, so the other thing is that she had really bad allergies, really bad. Um, response to vaccines um, and I went in being this like little like hippie dog mom being like I really don't want you to over vaccinate her too quickly and he was like already like giving her three and didn't look at her chart to see that she already had one last week and her face blow up like a balloon and she it was horrible it was I was crying and um, she like sort of almost died in my arms the first week that I had her. So I was very, very anxious, and I didn't know what to feed her, and she was already a picky eater, and I was reading that dogs with allergies in case they have food allergies should get so I was like sort of going I was like, oh no, this is this the like dog diet rabbit hole that I'm gonna go on dog orthorexia uh, that that dogs um, haven't really evolved to eat grains. Again, I don't know that this is true because I've also read people, you know, saying dogs need carbs. If you're not going to give them grains, they you know, they they need carbohydrates. And so essentially, it's all very similar to human stuff. And it's really really hard to know what is true and what is like diet dogma that like the companies that are selling the raw you know raw expensive food i just i don't know but i buy the super super expensive fancy dehydrated raw dog food um so am i a sucker am i just making my dog be on this pristine diet maybe except in fuck a diet fashion she is allowed to eat anything that anybody gives her, like any treats, anything, you know, like they're, she's allowed to eat anything. I just happen to feed her this super bougie, expensive, potentially unnecessary diet that's supposed to be super good for them, but who really knows, you know? Um, it's Stella and Chewy's, if anyone is curious. And I have all of these like super meat base, like rabbit bones, rabbit liver, like I'm giving her this like super carnivorous um, uh, snack diet, like all of her snacks are like super, um, basically I've, I spend fucking thousands of dollars on my dog, like giving her like the most expensive shit, I think I'm a sucker, um, I was able to tell myself that A, this probably was for her because like food is good for humans and dogs and this is like the stuff that they would be eating like full animals and stuff Um, but she also had these really bad allergies that then kind of like translated into other allergies and like super itchy skin and so I I was able to convince myself that I needed to um, kind of like give her this limited ingredient diet but she eats anything that anybody gives her. People give her treats all the time that have all sorts of stuff in it. And the fuck it diet mother is like, yeah, she needs to be resilient. But so this is, this is kind of the irony. And I'm very, very aware of it. And I think it's kind of funny and, like, absurd. Um, and I think think if she was a real child who had was able to like think through what they were eating it would be a totally different story but because she's a dog and she is not like it's not like a whole psychological thing especially if she um knows that she's always going to be fed I mean I give her so many treats she literally always has food sitting there and as soon as she eats it I fill it back up and she sort of self-regulates like she will eat a lot sometimes and she also sort of hasn't eaten since like yesterday midday because she's been too tired because she's been playing so much and then she'll like eat like so much at night and um it just depends every day is a little bit different and i can tell that she self-regulates because she'll just stop in the middle of eating a bowl so is this the best way to feed a dog i have no idea I don't know what the hell I'm doing, guys. I'm definitely trying to put her on the fuck it diet with super, super high quality ingredients. Is that necessary? Who knows? I don't know. Should I be giving her stuff that has grain in it? Maybe, maybe I'll totally regret it and be like, I knew better than that as the person who writes the fuck it diet. Why did I put her on this like raw paleo shit? Who knows? Who even knows? Who knows what's right? Who knows what's wrong. But basically the way that I feed my dog is I let her eat as much as she wants all of the time. I give her so many treats and so many things to chew on. She always has food sitting out there. It's like the most expensive food that I could possibly buy because I'm an idiot and a sucker. And she seems to be doing okay. And and that's all I can do is tell you what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Um, I would definitely look up the articles on how to switch your dog to graze feeding. And it's essentially like get them used to believing that they are always going to be able to access food and they won't eat it all in one. They won't like essentially gorge themselves just because they think they have to. And to me, that's pretty fuck a diet. So, um, I hope that that was helpful or at least interesting and I'm very curious to think um, to think, to hear what you guys think. I'm very curious to think what you guys hear. I'm very curious to hear what you guys think. Okay. So Rebecca um, asked and said, "Hey, everyone, new to the community. I love the podcast and excited to be part of the community. I have learned so much about hunger and my quote-unquote addiction to food. I obviously know that there was no addiction, just restriction. Now to the question, I've always had a hard time with shopping since I'm in a larger body and since my judgment of what I bought was how skinny it made me, skinny in quotes. I want to start shopping thinking of what I want to wear. I'm feeling a lot of anxiety about it and not sure what tools to use. I need some clothes and want to start dipping my toes. I want to start wearing things I wouldn't have worn before because I was afraid of how it looked. I want to work it in once a week to go from there on how I feel. I'm afraid to dive in since this isn't one topic that I have heard a lot about. Oh, I'm afraid to dive in because this isn't one topic that I've heard a lot about. I've been binging Health at Every Size podcasts and articles. I'm working on my image so um, you can say you accept it, but actually practicing it is the hard part. Yes, it is. I heard someone say once that the image can be hard and sometimes you fake it till you make it. I get this is one of the hardest parts and some days are better than others, but I wonder if anyone has any advice from when they went through it and how they overcame it. Again, love the podcast and can't wait to see where it goes, peace. So let's read what people said because this is one of the hardest parts and I'm still really bad at shopping for clothes just because, uh, I don't know, I'm just bad at it, but. But I think it'll be more interesting to hear what other people have to say. Samantha said, it is definitely one of the hardest parts. Good for you for setting a concrete goal of one time a week. My suggestion would be less time away from the mirror. Less time away from the mirror or less time in front of the mirror. I think that's what she means. I think she means less time in front of the mirror or more time away from the mirror. If it fits you and it's comfortable and you like it, that's reason enough to wear it. I find myself getting nitpicky if I am analyzing in the mirror because I go back to ex- assessing if it makes me look smaller. Mirror should be for checking if salad is stuck in your teeth, not for how big or small you appear. Try going shopping for new clothes in a size that fits well. It does wonders. Oh, that's fascinating. So the actual clothes that you wear to the store are clothes that already fit you well, which obviously is hard to do if you don't have any clothes that fit you well. There's also online shopping. And in my experience, ordering things, trying them on at home, and then sending them back is sometimes easier to me than going to the store. I don't know, I know that other people will not feel the same way, but I think that um, online shopping is an option. Um, and there may be there may be actually more options in a bigger body. I don't actually even know if you are technically plus size or not. Um, but if anyone listening is in a bigger body and does need plus size, plus size clothing, um, it may be, there may be more, more options online anyway and then you get to try it on at home and then send it back. Um, but yeah, switching over the priority to do I like this? Is this me? Does, is this comfortable? Uh, do I like these colors? Does this feel good? Can I move? Can I relax? Does this kind of um, represent, you know, me, who I am as an extension of me, having nothing to do with size, but just having to do with what I, you know, what I think is a fun thing to wear? Um, that you know switching it over from does this make me look smaller to is this gonna support the life that i want to begin living um rebecca said thanks samantha that's good advice i think that would be a good way to start dipping my toes in i already limit my mirror use because like you said you could start to nitpick i only use the mirror for quick looks to make sure my hair isn't standing on end I've been thinking about it and I don't even know how to pick clothes if not through diet culture lens. What questions do you even ask? How do I know if I like it? If the standards aren't how thin it makes me look, then what are they? That's fascinating. I mean, this is something that I think everybody is going to have to figure out on their own and it really is going to come from, I I, I think the fake it till you make it is very true of this. because. There is no way to begin looking for clothes in a healed state. You have to start and allow it to be a part of the healing process. Allow looking for clothes to bring up the places where you still need healing and to make it clear the things that still um, are, are triggering to you or the way that you're thinking. I mean, basically all of the questions that you're asking are amazing questions that um that you're gonna have to figure out but um but you have but it's only the process of being willing to change the way that you look for clothes for yourself that has made any of that come up in the first place if that makes sense um i don't have any great advice for you except that if you really don't like um shopping in stores that online shopping and trying things on at home and then sending the back. And that that's also a way where you can sort of like walk around your house. You don't even have to look in the mirror. You can sort of look in the mirror quickly or not at all and sort of live in it and see if it feels right. Um, I have personally been on an evolution where I realized that I really don't love wearing most dresses. I used to wear skirts and dresses, um, until I realized that I in most of them and it's not always very clear why this is in most of them I um don't feel like myself and I can't explain what that means but it took feeling it and there are just a few dresses that I have that are like that I don't wear very often because they're like a little bit nicer um that I absolutely love but uh I can't even fully explain why that is so it really is sort of like a feeling thing and figuring out what makes you feel good and like yourself is something that you can't know instantaneously you sort of have to feel it out and just try and close and wear them and see what you feel not just physically but emotionally and what makes you feel like yourself and it might evolve and change and that's totally fine Um, So I'd love to hear how it goes as you start um, embarking on buying new clothes for yourself. So the next question is from Kelly. Hey Caroline and everyone, I'm so glad I found this community and the podcast. I feel like after 20 years of hating my body and dieting, I'm finally getting my life back. What I'm struggling with is that I work in the adult industry. I'm a cam girl, so my job is very looks focused and I don't have a set income and my earnings really are impacted by my weight. I'm not in a position to leave the industry right now, and I really do enjoy my job, even if aspects of it probably aren't the most healthy for me when I'm trying to be kind to my body. Do you have any suggestions for managing this? I know inherently that my appearance doesn't matter, but it does matter for my work. This is a really hard question to answer, and I think uh, I'm going to compare it to two things. One, let's compare you to a model who um, could say the exact same thing. They could say, "Um, my job is very looks-focused. I don't have a set income. My earnings are really impacted by my weight and how I look. Um, Whoa. Okay, yeah, they they could say the exact same thing that you said before, except instead of saying I'm a cam girl, they could say I'm a model. And those people who are trying to heal their body image and their uh and they're eating either have to quit for their mental health and find a new job either temporarily or forever or they deliberately tr- become plus size models and it's not to say that it's a guarantee but actually Claiming that I'm going to still do this, but I'm going to do it in a larger body, um, that is a possibility. And of course, I don't know the industry that you're in very well, but um, there's got to be a market for it. Um, so there's that. And then to compare to myself, who was and/slash is, but mostly was an actor and was in musical theater and had a very sweet voice and essentially my type was young ingenue but uh, in order to be hired I had to or I believed I had to and also it was true it is a thing Ooh, oh Molly come up come up sorry um to be skinny um and I uh, did two things I quit And then I went back into it, and I was like, well, I'm going to try to do this, but not allow those industry standards to stop me from doing my art, essentially. Um, But the answer to your question is, I think that you you need to prioritize your healing and mental health over this job, even if you love the job. I loved the job. I love acting, and I feel like it's something that I was... Uh, you know, really gifted in and was meant to do in, on a, in a certain way of looking at it. But I had to, and still have to, in other ways, prioritize, um, what I believe in and my happiness and my sanity over this thing that, um, again, I was able to tell myself for so long that it was responsible to be obsessed with weight and food because, I was an actor and that this was my destiny and that I was ruining everything if I couldn't just, you know, diet better and look better, quote unquote, of course. Um, So anyway, I'm going to challenge you to really look at what your priorities are and I totally understand the dilemma, um, even you saying you love it and um, that it does affect your income, but I think healing is more important. And I know that that might not be the answer that you want to hear, but it's the answer that I'm going to give you, and it's what I experienced myself as well. Um. But I understand. I understand. Uh, okay, Lily says, what does some of the energy work look like? I'm ready to move some shit. Um, okay, I don't know if this is somebody who um, signed up to get the energy work, but uh, the way that it works now is that I'm not making new energy work. So for $10 a month, people used to get monthly energy work, but starting this month, November, um, if you sign up for it, if you sign up for that tier on Patreon, you get access to the old archived energy work, essentially. Um, So the answer to your question is go look for that in the posts section and you should have access to that you can listen to the audios and just follow along and it'll guide you to breathe and feel and focus on certain areas of the body and help you move some shit I love putting it that way because that's what I think energy work is moving some shit um, in your body emotionally energetically etc etc so lily sorry if it was hard for you to find um but that is that's where it is you should be able to access it not in the community tab but in the posts tab in patreon and the last question is gap not the thigh kind hey caroline i love your work and your advice as well as participating in this community i've been doing the fuck a diet for about nine months and i've gotten really comfortable with making food choices and decisions i'm also part of the body positive community on instagram For anyone struggling with food or body image, I highly recommend becoming part of the quote unquote group. I'm so invested that I created a separate Instagram account solely for the purpose of following people like you, Caroline, who are interested in healing their relationship with food. I'm free to follow only, sorry, I'm confused. I'm free to follow only people with a good message and I'm shielded from my family and friends as well as the public eye. That's really smart. That's really smart. Kind of having like a secret Instagram post, um, Instagram um, account specifically for healing and body positivity. Um, sorry for the aside, but I think it plays into what I'm going to ask. That being said, here is something I still struggle with. I'm feeling more at home in my body. I gained weight and bought bigger clothing. I've also thrown away smaller clothing to get rid of the weight loss quote unquote ideal. I still feel feel. There's kind of a big gap between the way I feel in my body and the way I look in my body. When I catch glimpses of myself in the mirror or pictures, it seems to appear much bigger than I feel. I'm trying to show my, myself compassion. I was, I was going to say show myself. I'm trying to show myself compassion and not judge the bigger body I see because, of course, it's me I'm seeing. Do you have any suggestions on this topic? Basically, I want to know is oh sorry what i want to know is will that gap ever close between how i feel and what i see any advice would be so appreciated much love molly is the cutest yes she is the cutest um so it's a very strange thing this phenomenon of body dysmorphia where it's really hard to know if what we're seeing is twisted we have these associations with what certain things mean and the way we look at ourselves in the mirror and in pictures is it, it's different than the way we look at other people and it's different the way than the way that other people look at us we have this visceral emotional reaction to what we see and it's it's connected to all of these beliefs and all of this pain and all of these unprocessed things. And it's not, it's not that we don't look the way we think we look, but it's just twisted. It's like, it's like we can't take it in, in a, in a emotionally rational way. Um, because I'm not trying to say, oh no, you don't look as big as you think you look. Like that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm saying that the emotional reaction to what we're looking at is, is really blown out of proportion, and it, and it's really hard to tell. Um, until you kind of do some of the emotional processing of all of the diet experiences in the first place, until you spend time in your body, until you spend time kind of feeling and desensitizing yourself to yourself and basically your question is will this gap ever close and the answer is it will definitely um, if it doesn't ever close all the way just because we live in a society that is constantly trying to make us believe that we need to be different um, it will close a good amount you will essentially become integrated into um, the body that you have and you will get used to what you see in the mirror and you never have to um, think that you are the most beautiful person in the world in order to love yourself and believe that you are important and worthy and totally fine. Uh, Beauty Redefined is this amazing account that you can follow on Instagram. And it's all about how the objectification of ourselves and of bodies and of women is a huge problem. And one of the darker sides of um, body positive and even fat positive accounts is that we're still focusing on, am I beautiful? I am beautiful. And while it can be really, really healing, it's still focusing on the importance of how we look and um, the importance of beautiful, of of believing that you're beautiful. And what is even more healing is loving yourself and accepting yourself, even if you don't believe that you're beautiful. Um, And in a paradoxical way that'll allow yourself to see beauty in a more accurate way. So is it easy? Hell no. Are there direct steps in order to close the gap? You're already doing it. It just takes living in it and and reprioritizing um, happiness and and feeling worthy despite feeling beautiful. And that is where I leave you today, guys. I feel like today has been, you know, I think I say this every time, right? Oh, what a crazy haphazard podcast episode I gave you. Well, I was going to say it again, but... Now I'm not going to because uh, I already said it. Um, Thank you for listening, guys. If you want to ask questions, you can go to patreon.com slash Duner and sign up for as little as $1 a month. You can pre-order the book now on Amazon or Barnes & Noble, and you can find links to other pre-order places at thefuckitdiet.com slash book. Also, yes, I now – oh, actually, I don't have one. I just realized that. Um, I will most likely have a um, English UK UK book deal. Um, I got a UK book deal offer last week, but the UK co-agent is checking with other publishers who also want it in. So um, people from the UK are asking if it was coming out in the UK. It will be. I don't know exactly when, hopefully it'll come out at the same time. If not just a little bit later, um, you can also pre-order from America. Uh, I think you just have to pay like shipping and tax stuff, but hopefully it's also coming out in Germany, in Italy, in Portugal, in, I don't know if Brazil and Portugal are technically different, but I think they are Brazil in, um, China. That's crazy. Uh and hopefully more places too. So uh is there any are there any more Spain? Yes. Um so yes, hopefully it will be available everywhere. As of now, it's only going to be available those places and I will talk to you soon and I will see you on Instagram and thank you for listening thank you for asking your questions and sorry as always that it's so freaking haphazard bye